Good evening, everybody, and welcome to show number 39 of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo, and uh, it's so good to be the host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show because I'm Jimmy Palumbo, and I host the show. And again, you know, I like to say my name as many times as I can because no one else is. Show number 39. Now, I have to go with this number because it's it just, I was going to go with Dion James or Ron Davis, uh, or Roberto Kelly, or Andy Phillips, or even growing up as a kid, Larry Zonka, and for my dad, Roy Campanella. But I have to go with a guy who I hated him when he played for the Mets, but I loved him when he played for the Yankees. Number 39, Daryl Strawberry. Um, I just think Strawberry on the Yankees was great, even though you know he still had some drug issues and stuff like that, or drinking issues and sex issues, whatever he had. But... He was a major player for the Yankees, pinch hitting, coming off the bench. He was a key player in some of their playoff runs. And I was at the game where he hit three home runs, and he got up the fourth time. All my friends got kicked out, except for me and my buddy Tommy. And he hit, we were in the left, uh, right field bleachers. He hit a ball, a fly ball to left field, but we were in the right field bleachers. And as soon as he hit it, we thought it was gone. And literally, the outfielder had a run in 20 steps, but you know the crack of the bat, you see the arc, you're like, ah! It happens once a game to me where yeah. I, if I'm I'm usually, if I'm with my girlfriend or something and we they, they hit a ball the opposite field, I go crazy for a second. I'm like, all right, well, I got it, I got it down now. You have to say that. You'd be like, I got, now I just needed those, that you one. That, well, now I got the trajectory down. And Because I think actually the shortstop made a run over and caught it. That's how shallow <laughs> it was. But we were like, ah! Plus we were drinking and people were getting kicked out of the game. Uh, I just became a huge fan of a Dow Strawberry. So he's going to be my 39. Every now and then, as I told you, and we got 44 and 56 coming up. You can probably guess who those guys are going to be. But um, Dow Strawberry, 39. Uh, Chris, who do you got? Um, since you named every single Yankee that ever wore number 39, <laughs> I just looked at the list. And I was going to go with Roberto Kelly because the the best thing he ever did for the Yankees was get traded to the Reds for Paul O'Neill. Right. But since you mentioned him in passing, I'll go with football again, and probably the most underrated running back over the last 15 years, Steven Jackson. Does anybody remember Steven Jackson? No. The Rams oh, running with back the, with the dreads. Oh, Honestly, yes, just yes, a yes. quiet, soft-spoken guy, but he's got 13,000 rushing yards, and nobody talks about nobody him. Nobody talks about him. All number right. 39, probably the best football player, maybe outside of Larry Zonka, to wore the right. number. All right. Yeah, Zonka, he's probably, he's, and he was probably, he's probably better. better. Zonka, but yeah. like Larry Zonka, remember, you know, the Dolphins, they went undefeated, blah, blah, blah. All right, so uh, Stephen Jack, Stephen, Stephen Jackson, Stephen Jackson, and Daryl Strawberry. Um, uh, to be brief here, um, my weight is two thirteen point two. Now, that's not great. I'm a little disappointed in myself, but again, I went from two eighteen four to two fifteen, back up to two seventeen eight, back down to two fifteen, and now I'm down to two thirteen point two. So I did lose weight. Coming off Thanksgiving, I lost weight. So you like not, the stock market, I'm going to buy on the dip. I know. Well, right now, I, I, so we're at two thirteen. I'm going to buy on the dip, and then by next week, I'll probably make four or five dollars on this stock because I'm going to go out <laughs> at two twenty, two nineteen. So you're calling a fat bastard within two weeks. I'm saying that it's a little bit harder to get out and exercise. The Nutcracker okay. is over. The rehearsals right. are over. I it is now holiday I'm season. I disagree. I like where I'm going. I've been doing more walking, getting out a little bit. I'm a little more conscious of what I'm eating. Not perfect. Um, I had a Reese's peanut butter cup yesterday, so uh, but a, a mini one because I just love them, and that's how it goes. But I'm at two thirteen point two, and that's my weight. Hopefully, I'll lose week, I'll lose weight next week. That's that. Uh, 
I'll be brief on sports. I have to be. The Giants are just a mess. They're an expansion team. I think Barkley stinks. Uh, I don't think he has it anymore. He doesn't have his legs underneath him. He's falling before anybody hits him. I think there's something going on with his feet. Maybe he's got chain spikes. I don't know what it is. He looks awful. The Giants are awful. The whole thing's got to go. Jones, Gettleman, Judge, everyone's got to go. Uh, and I was John, even the owner, she'd like sit back and let, let his uh, nieces who were actresses run the damn show. Um, just awful. Uh, they're tough to watch. The, 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 I, the, the Lions are better than the Giants. You watch the Lions game, it's an NFL game going on. What happened yesterday? This guy, Glennon, he stinks. Uh, I don't understand that Jones was hurt. He played all last week. He, he practiced all week, but now they're saying he might be out forever. I'm like, I don't get it. Um, the Giants stink. They got to. I hope they lose the rest of their game. It was a big day for the Giants. They lost, and the Bears lost. I think the Giants are picking sixth and seventh, which is huge. Maybe they can get some linemen, and maybe a quarterback. They went with this guy from they picked up from Georgia, who I liked, by the way. But he's on a practice squad. So how good can this clown be? Can I make a, a point here? So basically, since the Jets and own the Seattle Seahawks pick. Right, you you're jockeying for those those draft positions. So essentially, like you need to be rooting for the Seahawks, right? Who I think want, stink. Yeah, you want them to have more wins, so the Jets get a pick right. later than the Giants. And of course, the Bears play the Packers this week, so I'll be rooting for the Packers. But I know it's going to happen. And the Bears have pulled oh, off. I'll be it. so ag- don't even, you talk about bitter Monday? If the Bears win on Sunday, like uh, you know. Um, which uh, I'm gonna get to. You something. know that's not gonna happen. I, well, we say that, but it's the NFL. Anything can happen. Another thing: the Jets stink. Uh, I feel very bad for Miles, Dave's kid. The poor kid's just—he's an infant. He needs to know that his team is good, and they're just not good. But maybe by the time he's two or three, the Jets will be good. And I like their coach for some reason. I don't know why I like this guy, but he, he, I mean, results. I mean, you are what your record says you are, and they, the Jets—that was a bad game. I think the Eagles stink. There was a lot of double stink games. Um, and while we're doing that, I will quickly go over quickly my stink list from this week. And here we go. December 6th, stink list. But I'll start from the AFC East. Ready? New England Patriots, very good. Buffalo Bills, average. Dolphins, average. Jets, stink. Baltimore Ravens, I downgraded them to good. Cincinnati Bengals, downgraded them to average. Cleveland Browns, average. Pittsburgh Steelers, stink. Tennessee Titans, average. Colts, average. Jacksonville, stink. Houston, stinks. Kansas City Chiefs, I still got it just good. Don't know why, I just feel like they're just good. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, average. Raiders, stink. Broncos, stink. Uh, NFC East is loaded with stink. Uh, I still have the Dallas Cowboys as good, but I upgraded them from average, so they're on their way up. Philadelphia Eagles, I had to upgrade them uh, up to average. Um, Washington, I upgraded to average because they're 6-6 six and six in the middle of the hunt. Giants stink. Packers are very good. Vikings have been downgraded to stink. Why? Because they lost to the other stink team, uh, the Detroit Lions. Chicago Bears stink. That's by far the worst division football besides the AFC East was for 30 years under Brady. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, very good. Panthers, Falcons, Saints, stink across the board. That could be the worst division too. Arizona Cardinals, I got to give them very good. Everybody bashes them and I turn the game on and they're winning. Um, Rams, good. San Francisco 49ers, downgraded to stink. And Seattle Seahawks, which I've been saying all along, they stink. So we have 12 stinks, 10 average, 3 goods, and 4 very goods. That's the Jimmy Palumbo stink list of the day. Um, 
The Knicks are a mess. I don't understand it. Me and Dave have to go to counseling. Uh, I turn the Knicks game on. They're always down by 12. I don't know why. Uh, Thibodeau is getting heavier and fatter on the screen now. He looks like he gained weight. Um, they just stink. They get blown out. It's just awful. They lost to Denver at home. Come on now. Um, they're not playing defense. No one's hitting shots. Um, they, they bench Kemba Walker. They're 0-3. So what good is that? My Rutgers basketball, I thought they were going to be so good this year and fun to watch. They lost by 35 to Illinois. They could be 1-7. and seven. They're 4-4. Four and four. They've lost to bad teams. They haven't beaten anybody. Um, and for the first time this Friday night, a very unique thing is happening. For the first time, Rutgers basketball is playing the number one team in the country, Purdue. Now, how do you think that game's going to go? And then after that, they got to play Seton Hall. So Rutgers is not going to make the tournament. They stink. Um... I played a little pickleball this weekend. Maybe that's why I lost a few pounds. I was sluggish. Uh, my eye-hand coordination was off. Very disappointed in my performance. Um, anybody in New Jersey, if you have kids and you're anywhere near Wayne, New Jersey, just Google Christmas House in Wayne, New Jersey. It's some Italian guy family. They're in a bi-level. You have to go to this thing. Uh, I just told Dave about it. I hope he can get his kid there. Um, not Miles. He's too little. There's like 500 blow-up things on this guy's front lawn. It's, 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 you can't, and he lets you walk around his front lawn, and kids are running around, and they have every kind of those blow-up, is that what you call those things, like the air? Inflatable. Inflatable kind of deals. And I we're having a new T-shirt come out, and Dave, uh, Chris promised me he'll get it. It's, let me describe it. It's tacky perfect. It's like, it's just, you, my jaw dropped. Even my daughter, 12, and her two 12-year-old friends, who were being obnoxious in the car while I was driving there. I told them, this is bad. You can mock me out. We'll leave. They were like, oh, my God, Mr. Palumbo is the coolest thing. I'm going to bring my dad and mom here. Like, it's something to see. You can't believe it. I can't imagine anything else being more tacky perfect than this guy's front lawn. So go check it out. It begins with an M, the Matarata family, Wayne, New Jersey. Go check it out. Somewhere I had the address. I can't find it. Just Google it. That's how I did it. Uh, so that's my thing there. Christmas season, getting ready. I got my house all set up. My daughter, I had hung the balls up on the ceiling. I totally put the tree up, the manger. I'm all ready to go. Um, it was a little sad to me this year. Christmas sometimes makes me sad. I don't know why. Um, I think of my dad sometimes. I just, I don't know. I get, I get joyful over the Christmas season. I feel like that's what the holidays are supposed to do. I had this conversation with, with Ash, but it was more so about New Year's where it's like New Year's makes me depressed. For some right. reason, I just don't you like look the back change. On the year you look back that I just think there's it's, it. it's no, not even that. It's just it's over, right? You know, so you it's don't throughout the year. You're not you're not really taking anything in, and then all of a sudden it's like wow, it's really over. But like don't the you year like is the, over? Aren't, don't you like not so much New Year's Eve, but like I like the change of like New Year. I do, I do. That's why there's like the yin and the yang of that situation. Right. And I yeah. think that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you reflect, but then also be able to turn the page with me. I'm just, um, you know how I am. And I'm you also negative don't like, uh, I don't like to be forced to go out. As a matter of fact, me and my buddy, Tommy plenty, he'll laugh at this. We would sometimes go out on December 30th. When we were younger and get like, like a party way too. So like waking up December 31st, brutally hung over. And then someone tells you, Oh, we got to go over to this party. It's like, 
really? I don't feel like going. Yeah, don't but you had started. to go because it was New Year's Eve. No, I I don't have to go. I know, but you're old now. But you were younger. You no, now did. I have to go because my girlfriend well, forces me. Well, yeah, well, yeah, listen, you have to go to her high school graduation as well when it comes up. <laughs> Such a cheap shot. Right? <laughs> Dave didn't even laugh at that. Very upsetting. Um, but I also have uh, 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 some big news to report, which both of uh, I have Chris and Dave here. Um, Chris is behind the glass, and Dave is sitting here on his phone finding out about his picks. Oh, and by the way, the sauce sent me picks that uh, he had a great. First of all, he was not uh, he was not eight and zero. Um, how, uh, I, I did better than he did on his college picks. He kicked ass, but he, he texted me picks that he didn't put in his thing. So it was like a little bait and switch there. I was very upset with him. We had a little battle over over a Facebook. Uh, he did. Messenger. He did say that um, he picked the Giants, and but Bears. he also said that he picked the Giants when Daniel Jones was playing Mike Glennon. No, no, that was on Wednesday. That's not true. He actually texted me. See, I got. I'm telling you right now, I got him. He's OJ right now. He said to me, <laughs> he said to me, the Giants will win with Glennon at quarterback. I mean, I even said to him, you realize all three teams are on the stink list. He said, that's not what it's about. And he picked the Bears, but he did pick the Seahawks. So he's really two out of three. But listen, I love Kyle. I love having fun with him. Um, he was. I know that's a whole process to handicapping, but um, it, it, whatever money he won on Sunday, he lost on Saturday. So, uh, but he knows his shit and he does a lot of research. I'm just a jerk off who doesn't gamble. I just like to pick games for the hell of it. Um, so Kyle's going to be mad at me now, but that's okay. I'll, I'll uh, when he's on the show this week, I'll bust his balls. Big news. Um, Jimmy Palumbo with another booking here, getting involved here from the Omni in Atlanta. I am, I am flying to Atlanta <laughs> on Friday. I booked a uh, a movie called Okay, the, the, the joke writes itself. It's a movie called The Microchip That Ruined Halloween. It's a series of movies. The one that's on Netflix right now is called The App That Stole Christmas. That's on right now. And the other one that's coming out in the new year is The Drone That Saved Christmas is coming out in 2022. And I'm guessing the microchip that ruined Halloween will be on maybe either 2023 or And that's the one that you're in? And I'm in the one, the microchip that ruined Halloween. I play a, a police commissioner um, that is, uh, I have a couple of, uh, uh, decent scenes, a quick thing. They're going to shoot me Saturday and Sunday. So I fly out Friday. We shoot Saturday, Sunday. Now I fly back Monday. Now, what I'm going to try to do is get an early flight. Atlanta's only about a three-hour flight, so if I can get You're like... really a, going to Atlanta. I thought I was no, there. that's why I said it. I'm get, as a matter of fact, I, and somehow, if I can somehow, I doubt I can do this, but if I can somehow, if there's a plaque that says the Omni used to be here, I will, I will like, I'll do the podcast live from there. <laughs> from the Omni here. But I think the new Atlanta place is built on the same spot. But I'm gonna, I'll be doing research on the Omni. So I'll be live from the Omni in Atlanta. I fly back Monday... We may have, I may not be able to do the show. I don't know. But if I have like a 7 a.m. flight, uh, I might, uh, or six, I'm going to try to get the first flight out because what, what am I doing sitting there waiting on the, uh, um, so, uh, matter of fact, that's my agent calling me right now, probably to confirm things. But I'll, I'll either come back and do the Tuesday show and we'll do the podcast on Tuesday. We'll have to drop a day late. We'll figure it out. Um, but I think I should be able to get back. If I get in like at 11 o'clock, I'm going to drive down here. And I just won't do the live show, but I'll do the uh, um, I'll do the podcast stuff on that day. So another booking, which is exciting for me, and it'll be good for we can talk about it once it's uh, shot and coming out. We'll have fun with that with Chop Sports. So I am uh, 
back doing another show business, which I'm happy about. I always, I always used to say I'm the Oscar Gamble of bookings. Um, I love, I love like. Because the holidays run, wind down and showbiz comes to kind of a close, but I am infamous for like everybody thinks the game is over and Palomo slaps a base into right field that nobody sees coming, drives into. I have booked jobs in December when like my agent's like, "Yeah, we're shutting down." Next thing you know, oh Jimmy, uh, you got a booking? I'm like, "Yes." I've booked shows like uh, Thanksgiving Eve one year. I booked the show. I'm like, "Yes," and the whole world's traveling. I'm like, and Palumbo is still in the ring. This fight is not over. Judge Ramirez from Mexico City, 117, 115, Palumbo. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about it, even though I wish the pay was better, but uh, it's not, but I get to fly out. I might see my buddy Mike Rowane down there. I haven't seen him in four years. We talk on the phone all the time. He He's the guy who directed Game Day, which became Beer League. And um, I got, like, a lot of lines, though. I got to, like, actually work. I have to read over these lines. And shit. When is it? When do you leave? I leave Friday. This, oh, so it's like it's happening. Oh, okay. Which is actually better when it's quick like that. You just, you're in, you're out. I fly in. We shoot Saturday, Sunday, which is rare, shooting on the weekends like that. But it's a little bit of a low-budget thing. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm doing uh, The Godfather here. As long but, as they're, they're low-budget, has you on it. Right, like it's, you're, it's you're only, part of the budget I'm plan. Part of the, I'm, I, I, I'm part. Of, you know what? I'm in the band, bro. I might be in the background playing the horns or backup singing, but I'm in. I got. I think I got maybe four, four scenes, maybe four or five scenes, and um, hopefully I can light it up and do well. And uh, hopefully I can meet some people. You never know. It's how it works. Your work begets work. You meet somebody there, and they're doing another movie. Next thing you know, I am doing the show from the Omni in Atlanta. So, uh, which I love. Anything, anything with Atlanta. You know, I say the Omni. Um, but so we're going to have T-shirts out called Tacky Perfect. I think that's a great phrase. I came up with it. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to see if I can secure tackyperfect.com, but I probably shouldn't announce that on the air. I mean, I doubt there's a, a long list of listeners out there that are going to be like, you know what, let me go drop a couple hundred well, my on buddy that domain. James, my buddy James will secure it for me. He's, he's a website guy. Maybe I can get uh, uh, Dina to do it. She seems to know that world. Um, website design. But I think it's funny, a funny phrase, Tacky Perfect. And that's what that place is. And Wayne, I booked a gig. Everybody else stinks. And coming up, we have a very special guest. I think it's one of my coolest guests I've ever had. No, it's not my daughter or my sister. Um, it's a writer for the New York Post, a legendary writer. His name is Phil Mushnick. He writes for the New York Post. He is... Um, it's hard to describe him. He's some, he's, he just bashes stuff that goes on with uh, radio and television announcers, sports announcers. He, uh, and he's just very, um, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just a, he's a great guy, but he, if he thinks something, somebody's being a fraud on television, he will nail them to the cross, and that's what he does. And he's coming up in just uh, after this message. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. All right, good to be back here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Of course, I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo. Now, I have a very special guest here. Um, uh, 
of course, I'm, I'm, I'm in this studio with a bunch of young, young kids. They're uh, 35 and 38 years old. And I'm the only one who still reads the paper. Um, I grew up, I grew up in the, in the, in the, in the uh, world of the daily news as my grandmother and uh, always had the daily newspaper. And then I didn't, uh, years ago, the daily news to me went, uh, I just didn't like the paper anymore. And I was into sports and I started reading the post. And even though I always read the post on and off every day in the city and stuff, but there was a writer in there who I just loved reading him because a, I agreed with him a lot. And I also vehemently would literally on the train be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But I was like, I love this guy because I can't wait to read his article. And he is my guest, the lovely Phil Mushnick from the New York Post. Phil, good to have you on the show, man. Thank you, Jimmy. I'm, I think that's called uh, praising with uh, faint damnation, but I'm, <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Well, listen, I... You know, I started, and I'll tell you how I uh, met Phil. He he wrote some things, and I was like, I saw, I noticed, and I love this. At the bottom, he has his email address right in the paper. And I was like, you know what? This guy's aggravating my soul today. I'm going to send him an email. And, of course, <laughs> you emailed me back. But here's the best part. Well. You emailed me back, and a lot of people, when you email them, thanks for lit reading, thanks being a fan, you actually went right at me telling me how wrong I was. And I was like... I just got no, mush. I didn't. I was. I was polite. You right? were polite, but you were like, I got oh. mushnicked via email the same way when I read your articles. I said, I love this guy because he has an opinion. He says it. And he moves on. And also here at Chop Sports, I'm known as the curmudgeon. Uh, sometimes uh, these kids, you know, what they they love the NFL. They love this, and I sometimes mm -hmm. get aggravated. But Phil. I got to ask you, I know I, I just rambled on there, not letting Wait, you speak. Well, I mean, I have, uh, I'm nothing without readers. The Post may employ me, it may pay me, but I'd be unemployable if I didn't have readers. So why shouldn't I interact with them? I love and it. plus, it, to me, it keeps me off any kind of social media, which I find to be abhorrent and will eventually you know, swing around and bite you in the rear end and I, really hard. It's, uh, I totally agree. I'm dealing with that now with the, you know, publicizing my podcast. And I, I still don't get it half the time. Um, and, well, and I still read on the internet about things I've written, which I've never written. Right. It's, and then it, it, it has a life of its own. It carries on and over and over. Well, he's the guy who wrote that. No, I never did. Right. Right. And people, I never know. Did. there was a, there was a photo of me that was used for four years. This is Mushnik. This is Mushnik. It was a, it was a, it was a uh, you know, a cut and paste photo, except it wasn't me. <laughs> four years. I remember my daughter used to say, Dad, what are you, why don't you sue them? Why don't you, like, who are you going to sue? Where's the accountability? Where's right. the, uh, who am I going to sue? Right. Who am I, gonna sue? I, I get it. So. I totally understand that. Now, <laughs> one, of, one of the things I, I love about your article is, to me, we watch TV sports all the time, and mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we hear announcers say stuff or stupid things occur, and you kind of rip on, A, the game sometimes itself, and also these dumb things that announcers or podcasters or, you know, the Mike and the Mad Dogs of the world, things that really like, that was a dumb thing to say, and you call them out on it. And I know, I know well, it's more probably and more, been— Jimmy, on, More and more, Jimmy, more and more on TV— People are telling us that things they don't even believe. Right, right. They don't even believe it. And they I don't believe Tiger Woods is the greatest guy in the world. They think they have to say that. 
Right. Is he the greatest golfer? Sure. But the greatest human being that they keep selling that, that angle is they don't believe that LeBron James is a, is a very sensitive, bright guy. Right. But they, they, they think Roger Goodell is full of it, but they can't say that or they won't say it. Right. Cause it's a company, a company that you don't want to bite the hand. that Well, feeds you. here's the folly of that. What's going let's say a guy from Fox or CBS, NBC, ESPN says, Roger Goodell should uh, have to stand up and answer for his gambling position after saying that he uh, he, he despised gambling as for what it can do to the the, the the perception of the game, what it can do to families, and now he's all in. He's in with both fists. There's five NFL gambling sites now because they they trade on the league's credibility just to buy the logo, right? But if somebody said that, what would happen to the network? Nothing. Nothing. Who's going to... The NFL's still going to cash their check, and the next contract's going to still go to whoever bids the highest nickel. And I know, and so now what are they afraid of? What are they afraid of? I, I, I don't know. And, and the last thing, and the last thing, let's say a Roger Goodell wants to get out, is that we're putting pressure to censor the speech of our partner networks. How humiliating, embarrassing would that be? Right, but absolutely. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. So you gotta sit, you got to sit there and, and, and just kowtow to the people who depend on you. <laughs> it makes I, no sense. I know growing up, you know, I was a big Madden and, and Summerall fan for two reasons. Right. I love the way Madden appealed to my mother. My mother actually learned football from John Madden in a weird way. And I loved, yeah. I always loved Pat Summerall, as flawed as he was as a person off the field, even though he's a nice guy, he had issues with himself. But yeah. I used to love, Madden would scream and yell for 10 minutes, and then Summerall would just go, second and five. <laughs> Madden's going on and on about bing, bang, boom, and all of a sudden, you know. Uh, and I, I used yeah. to love the subtlety, the quickness of, of Summerall, even when he did tennis. Um, like uh, when when uh, Serena would would hold serve in a match, instead of going on and on, he would just say Serena holds, and they'd go to a commercial break. Like the brevity of it, I love that. But then I started well, to notice he, he, he benefited from really. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it was it served him well from not really knowing what the sports he was called. Right, and he did them all because he kept it very basic. Yep, which the viewer at home really wants basic. to have. They're watching it anyway. I, 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 mean, I, know- love, I love some role, but he still, for, for years, if you saw a side judge waving his arms above his, his, his head, he would, he would think that he was calling timeout. And it was to stop the clock. It wasn't timeout. They called timeout. Nobody didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody called him out except Phil Mushnick from the New York Post was well, all over there. Gently, gently. I would respect. Respect. But who was going to call him out? Who was going to sit to him, bring him up? Hey, Pat, or anyone. Who was going to tell Moose Johnson after 20 years at Fox that you talk too damn much? You drive people nuts. You drive them to distraction. You're not right. in our best interest. You're not in your own best interest. No one. Well, when when, oh. when you're, I find myself. I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a my fans know I'm a big Rutgers fan, which I I don't mm-hmm. think you are, but you're uh, you, well, I, you, you, I you, used to be. the um I know you're 
bust about the money, but when well, I Rutgers when I listen a, when I watch the well, Big Rutgers Ten, it was a was a good academic institution as opposed to a Big Ten football school. Well, I was a big Rutgers fan. The, the money whore that they are, but the I used to laugh. Now I still do when when Rutgers is on the Big Ten network, and they have these two announcers who nobody knows. And I follow every aspect of Rutgers football. They're on the air, especially their first two minutes of the opening of the show. What they're saying is so not accurate at all. But either no one cares, or they'll, Rutgers will be oh, you know, zero and nine, and someone will make a tackle, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, he's a good little ball player." I'm like, "No, this guy's state." Like, I really, you get to see that how the misinformation. Now, if you don't really know Rutgers, and you're an Ohio State State fan, you think, oh, that linebacker yeah. is really good. You don't know, um, so I started to notice that. But you also have ripped. I love. I, I did a radio spot with Joe Morgan, and I know you ripped on him once before uh, at some of his and, and which was really hurtful to me. I, I ripped on him a lot because I felt he was he was a fraud. That right. was the story he told. But he was one of my favorite players growing up when I was growing up, and it, it destroyed me to write that. Right. I love Joe Morgan's play. I remember him as a Colt 45. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not young. Yeah. And uh, he was one of my, uh, I was a Colt 45 fan. Believe it or not, it was a long story why I, got, I became one. But, uh, but you know, he, what am I supposed to do when he's on a national telecast? I've been assigned to cover television, sports television, and he's telling a story about himself. And you know, and you know historically, and you can cross-check it, that it never happened. I know. It that you, can't, you just can't do that. You can't tell a story that's you just... You can't. Unless you're running for president. Then you can. That's different. If you, and he told us, <laughs> the guy on the Mets had trouble with a, a pop fly in Chicago, in Wrigley Field, because he had never played there before, because he was in the American League all those years. But he had played years for the Marlins. What was the guy's name? It was, a, it was a Latino name? Castillo. He was who? Luis Castillo. No, could have been. I don't know. But he was the guy with the ball that Bartman interfered with in in the in the playoffs against the Marlins. And he, he was he hit the most. Is it Moises Alou? Infamous ball. Yeah. He hit the most infamous ball that uh, ever hit in Wrigley Field, and you got Joe Morgan on on national TV, ESPN, telling us that he'd never played in Wrigley Field before. Right? How I, can you? How, can't, how can that be allowed? I know, and nobody. And the thing is, what's what I love about your your article, like I said, you you call out these uh, inaccuracies, um, but sometimes because of my love of someone, like um, I'm a huge fan of John Sterling. <laughs> And you rip on him. First of all, he's ninety five years old. Um and sometimes well, when but you, he was, he's the same guy when he was thirty five years old. Don't 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 I, I feel I feel less inclined to rip him because I, I'm a human being and he's in his eighties now and I uh, Right. I mean he, know, he, he is the voice of the New York Yankees. I mean my well, dad that's a shame. That's a pity. <laughs> See that I love it. I I love him. I love I, I used to hate uh, Susan Wallman when they first were going. Um, John Sterling is the voice of John Sterling. Right. But you know what? He's there I, to serve himself. First and foremost, he's a self-promoter. Every job he's gotten, he's, and I have no problem saying this because I watched him in action. Every job he ever got, he got by sticking the, 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 
previous guys as sticking a knife in the previous guy's back uh, and see, sucking up the ownership of the teams. Of course, you know, and, and I mean, right. I just love it, if, you, it, if you're in a car and the Yankees are down seven to one. Um, well, you wouldn't know if they're down seven to one. You won't know if you're in the car because he's not going to give you the score. He doesn't course, give you the score but he's until the, after the half inning, and then he'll tell you the score. The Yanks leads, uh, or the Yanks are down seven to one. Will he ever tell you who they're playing? No, he's doing. I know, he, but you know what? I I still find that some of the stuff he says is hysterical. Um, I I enjoy it, but I get it. Listen, uh, you know. Um, uh, it, it's, it, it could be hysterical. It could be hysterical. Funny. And him and Susan Wall, when they start talking about Broadway plays, I, I think it's hysterical. Well, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. The, the part that bothers me is that with John, it's always, and it's been that way for 40 years. Right. Even as a Nets guy, even as an Islanders announcer, you got to give him three shots at it, and he'll finally get it right. <laughs> just described the, the big play that just won the game, and well, well, you know, it's a, I, it, was a, it was high. It was far. It's not. No, it wasn't. It was a line drive that kicked off the top of the wall. I, so that you, you were just worried, more worried about your signature call than getting than being accurate to a radio audience. I and that to me is a form of fraud. I imitated him in a movie, so I love John Sterling, but I totally understand your points. Did you? And Did you a, have his voice? I, yeah, I, I used to imitate John Sterling all the time. I, I, I imitate <laughs> like. You know, uh, I imit- some people will it, would imitate Sterling, Churchill, Jim Frank Gordon. I imitate. You're gonna go with those. I go with Jim <laughs> Gordon. I do like a hybrid. Uh, I do a John Sterling. I do a Jim Gordon. Uh, I do a, a pretty good Marv Albert, but it's kind of a hybrid Marv Albert. And I yeah. always think it's not about imitating; it's about what you say. A friend of mine uh, named Sarge is a comedian, and he imitates. He worked with Marv Albert. He imitates him so well, but there's other dude as well. But he does a bit. Where Marv Albert is uh, announcing a basketball game between the Jacksons and the uh, and the Osmonds, and when you hear him do it, it's not so much the it, it's it's what he's saying like rebound by Latoya, like it's just it's so funny. Um, so I do a bunch, of, so I do John Sterling, and, and I love him. I get what you're saying, but I mean, you know, uh, I used to travel. I used to travel. Well, I traveled with, with Marv Albert a lot and John Sterling a lot because when he was at the Nets, I covered the Nets. But I used to travel with Jim Gordon when I covered hockey. <laughs> Jim Gordon, he was a lovely guy. <laughs> he had the, the craziest habits. You know, it'd be the start of the second period, right? And the right. puck would drop, and he'd say, 1957 left in the period. <laughs> <laughs> I love, well, do you remember Jerry Gerard would doing the W. Uh, I love would, Jerry. Jerry Gerard would do. Jerry would say, Gerard was one of the best. And then he would say this: he would do the Yankee game, and if the Knicks were playing like San Antonio, he would give. Yeah. And the Knicks are in San Antonio. It's six three. <laughs> give a basketball score six three in the first quarter. Like you don't even mention that. I see. I love stuff like that. Um, so I. I grew up uh, just listening um, to, to uh, I'm on radio on my time. You know, I'm, I'm younger than you are. I'm 56, but I just gravitated towards announcers. I found them uh, so funny to listen to. Uh, well, they were synonymous with your teams. And, you know, I mean, Frank Messer Jerry and Gerard Bill White. The funniest, Jerry Gerard said the funniest thing once, you know, when the Yanks were on a Channel 11 and he would do a, a promo for the news that followed. He'd say, and after the game, uh, Yankee highlights, Met highlights, and tomorrow's Aqueduct results. I know he was. 
<laughs> First of all, he would remember he would go. I, I so funny you're bringing this up. He would be like the Knicks are at San Antonio. It's seven to four in the first quarter, and the Aqueducts the six A F. And he would give these things. And me and my brother used to go. What the hell is he talking? It would be like, now, if you were into horse racing, which about 11 he, people are. He was are, a big horse player. Right. He was and, a big uh, horse player. Oh, my God. And then the other thing, initially, um, uh, and I, I've kind of, I tried to research you online as best I could. Um, I know the, the, the yeah, you, because you, the, uh, the, uh, your, thing with Mike Fra- your thing with Mike Francesa, because Francesa mm-hmm. started to annoy me. Even because I was, I loved Mike and the Mad Dog, and the reason why I liked the show is because Francesa had a little bit more knowledge, or he was older, and here was this Mad Dog guy just yelling, screaming, and going nuts and entertaining. And I well, think one was, guy had no knowledge, and that was Chris, and the right. other guy faked his knowledge. Right. So I so loved I, it, but after so a while, I preferred, I preferred Chris, who had no knowledge, to the guy who pretended he did. Correct. I totally understand that. And I, I also once once Mad Dog, you know, took the money and went to a serious radio, where no one really listens anymore. But he made millions of dollars for his family. Good for him. Well, I would have made the same call. Um, Francesca, the pontification of the Pope oh. uh, started to really be like, oh my God, you know, um, he just started to like say things that would drive me nuts. And I knew you have called him out. I know you called him out on the nine eleven thing, and there was a whole research thing, like. Tell me a little about this whole... And then they said, here, we proved he didn't say it, but that wasn't the tape. That wasn't right. the tape. If that was the tape, they would have found it immediately. Right, because I... That's a, Rather than let that thing languish. Now, but you, were, but you were listening to it on the air live? Do you think it's possible that yeah. you might have misinterpreted what he said or no? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I suppose that's possible, but... Right. Isn't it funny that that's the one tape they lost? Now, yeah, all those things, you know, and they don't lose anything with that stuff. I heard it. I heard it on the way. Well, you have to keep that stuff, you know. On a commercial uh, a radio, you have to keep it. Now, what? But, um, um, you were friends I with heard it on my way to. Uh, I heard it on my way to watch my daughter play high school tennis match. I almost drove off the road. And you were you were you were close, but not close. But you knew Francesa pretty well. Oh, we were we were fairly close, but. People think that that's what soured our relationship, where essentially he blamed nine eleven on Jews. And I, 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 you know, I got, I got my father was a decorated World War II uh, naval lieutenant, right. and he's saying that Jews have to take uh, loyalty oaths. Who do they support? Israel? What are you talking about, you piece of crap? Right, that, that's so, nuts. So. Uh, I mean, he's Italian. Okay, what if Italy was surrounded by uh, uh, hostile uh, uh, Muslims who, who were out to, to drive you into the sea? How but, would you feel, Jimmy? You'd yeah. <laughs> react pretty bad, I, right? I, I would. I wouldn't be saying uh, Italians have to take an oath <laughs> to the flag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my grandfather fought in World War One. My grandfather fought in World War One. He was here four years, and he was I fighting a, for I the Americans. A, I had a, I had a great uncle who was a doughboy too. That's amazing. Yep, thirty second division. His name's on the. His name's on the uh, in the uh, U.S. Postal Office across from uh, Madison Square Garden, the old one. Oh wow, that's black. cool. That's so awesome. Served, yeah. My grandfather big deserved people. a big time medal, distinguished service cross. Never got it due to miscommunications when he was getting the ribbon, and the two of the guys. Um, 
uh, you know, years later, we always tried to get it. Finally, I did research, and I finally got this government report. Uh, there was a big fire in St. Louis that screwed up a lot of things as mm -hmm. they were putting stuff on microfilm in 72. And I, I get a report from this general, and it says these two guys who got the medal and, the, and another man. So oh. he sends this to me, and I go, dude, that's my grandfather. He goes, Jimmy, this is the highest award besides the Medal of Honor. The government will never give this they award unless you cross-reference. Silver Star. Let me be the Silver Star. Bro. Silver Star, whatever it is. It's one underneath. It's also the one that... Was he from St. Louis? No, he was um, oh. He was with the 32nd Division, which was all Michigan and Wisconsin, and a few guys oh, from okay. Connecticut where he lived at the time that he moved to New York. But the crazy thing is, and this is why I, this is why I like... You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. One of the guys' names, of course, last name was Smith. So good luck trying to research somebody with yeah. the last name Smith. But the other guy had this uh, uh, last name was Makalka, M-A-C-H-A-L-K-A. -A. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm Googling, and all of a sudden I see this name. There were these teeny bopper girls, kind of like Britney Spears kind of singers, Allie and, Allie and Amy uh, Makalka. Turns out they are like the great, great grandchildren of this guy. Wow. And then my manager said, I said, I called him up and I go, hey, can you get in touch with these people? So, and I'm with a pretty big management company. The guy goes, Jimmy, we used to rep her. <laughs> now I'm like, get the number. So I have tried to send her tweets wow. and Instagram. And what happens is she, they don't respond to me because they probably think, I, I, I say at the top, this is the oddest message you're going to get. Did your great-great-grandfather fight in World War One in the 32nd Division? And finally, I got a note from the stepfather, but he was very vague, like, they knew about it, but nobody, wanted, they thought I was some crazy fan. And I'm like, no, I'm right. actually, I'm, I'm as big in showbiz as your daughter is. <laughs> like, I'm, I may be higher on the food chain than your daughter is. And right. I could never get through it. Someday we'll get the medal. Uh, I got to fight for it. Frustrating. But uh, I know that the, my, one, of my, one of my top regrets is I never really debriefed my father before he died about his uh, his World War II service. I know I know where the theaters he fought in was, was uh, North Africa, the Operation Torch okay. in uh, Sicily and, and then Anzio. But, uh, you know... My grandfather kept a diary that he wrote and uh, was a book. I read all that stuff. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to send it to you. It's only like 25 pages long. You got to read. He wrote it in 1932, so about oh, 15 years after he was there. But it's a very wow. funny read. It's a quick read. I put it on Microsoft Word. But I, I went word for word with what he wrote because I didn't even change any of the, any of the uh, you know, he made mistakes with English. Oh, and left it, it all in. Yeah. And, uh, Don't screw with history. But what, one beautiful thing with World War II, you mentioned your, your dad. I, my Uncle Tony was a war hero. He flew, um, he was a gunner on B-17s. Which side? Uh, for, for the... Uh, uh, for the Americans, and uh, we, <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> I know it was, but the reason why I got he snuck out. Well, he was bombing Italy, okay, and he snuck right. out across lines and went to go visit his grandmother. Oh okay? wow! That's and it amazing. actually made the paper that he went across and said, and you know, I'm going to guess that that was the uh, east coast of Italy. Were they Calabrians? Uh, they were bomb. No, they were in Campobasso. Montana. Okay. But here's the crazy thing. He was bombing Foggia a lot, this, that, and the other thing from Germany. My my great grandmother actually got killed from bombing, bombing. six months later. 
Now, my uncle was so fearful of flight, never talked about the war for years. And he always got invited back to the reunion. He never went. And one year out of nowhere, he just told my Aunt Vicky, I want to go. And she was like, well, it's in California. He goes, I don't know. Let's fly there. And ever since then, he went to saw his old buddies. He became like a little kid again. And every time I saw oh. my Uncle Tony, he would talk about it. And the last time I saw him, we sat at the kitchen table, and he was going on and on telling me these stories. I actually kind of wrote them down. And his kids now won't know all the stories because um, I only saw him four or five times a year, lived in Long Island. And he would tell me some wild stuff of what it was like, but not in a way, look at me. He would be a matter of fact about how the plane almost went down. He almost died here. Oh, this yeah. thing. And it was fascinating because he would just talk about it, and I was blown away. Uh, you know, my, and my father also played baseball in Korea. So between my grandfather and my father having wild baseball stories in Korea, as did Danny Aiello play ball in Korea. Then my Uncle Tony had was truly a war hero and decorated for it. He flew 52 missions over enemy territory. You're only supposed to do 26. 52. 52. Yeah, well, and then even then I've got the 30, and that was it. That right. Was cut and off. he did it all, and he told me stories. Someday off the air, I'll tell you about it's a riot. But, um, so I love all that stuff. But, uh, again, I uh, uh, one last thing i got to ask you. I know uh, uh, I... I can't stand Gary Sanchez. I'm over this guy. I read some things. <laughs> you are so dead on with Gary Sanchez. <laughs> I got this guy well, with the interpreter, and he can speak English. And I, that used to annoy me. You know son. what? He doesn't have to speak great English, but he's 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 here 15 years or something. And he, you know, you don't want to put it in terms like he's lazy, but right. he's. What other excuse does he have for not speaking English at this? It's day? a way to hide behind the tough questions. It's hard to ask a tough question. He's lazy. Question. Maybe, maybe he does understand fully, and it's a ploy. But if he were that smart, he'd learn how to block a, a pitch in the dirt. He's the worst defensive catcher I've ever seen. But you know, listen, I can, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> ripping on guys. How come we knew this? How come we knew this three years ago when the Yanks just found out this year? I know, and now they still I'm, didn't replace him. Uh, that's why, yeah, uh, you know, the, they gave him a raise. I know. It's like this guy just is a complete. Um, so another thing you wrote yesterday, uh, which was great. And I, again, Chris sitting here will know uh, everybody bashes the refs all the time. NFL. Mm -hmm. But you wrote, you know, and <laughs> coming from Phil Mushnick, he was like, you know what? I just want everybody to know the refs get it right a lot. And, and they're was, amazing. They're just, they absolutely are superhuman sometimes. I know. They get it right, especially with the feet and bounds in the corner. The guy's oh. watching. He gets it right. Unbelievable. I, I, I totally agree with you. Don't and forget. Don't forget replay. Replay in the NFL was generated by popular demand after that Renfro catch or non-catch that people still don't know whether he actually made the catch. So what would... We no, there was a demand for replay, but replay based on that play wouldn't have determined right or wrong. It couldn't have possibly reversed whatever the call was. Right, right. So, some, sometimes they know, get the feet right, but then they find the ball was juggling and they overrule it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the only guy who gets it wrong is Joe West in Major League Baseball. <laughs> it seems like he always gets it wrong, but even Joe him... Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. Is oh, that, yeah, he's the worst, I know. Um, but even those guys, some of the plays at first base, the bang bang plays, are it's a miracle how close they are. And they got whoever go whoever whoever begged for those to be replayed. No one, no one, except totally for that one. unintended, 
The most overwhelming use of replay are those calls, first and second base, and yet nobody demanded that. It was over that call from the, the guy from the Tigers who had a no-hitter, and, and the ump blew the call by three feet. Right. And how, but, but, so that's going to change everything? Yet that call was so egregious, Jimmy. That call was so egregious that everyone knew about it. And that's that's how rare it was. And the double that's play ball. <laughs> how do you so feel... How do you feel on they the fake? They completely overdid. They completely redid the game in response to an aberrational play. Okay, that's moronic. That's moronic. Just like the couple of years ago when they had that, we could replay interference because of that play in the uh, Rams um, in the playoff game. game. Yeah. Now, how do you... often do you see that call botched? One time a year. Right. And so let's redo the whole game. To, to, yeah. I'm what, sorry. What um um, what do you have you did you hear about that fake slide by the college quarterback, Pitt Wake Forest, where the kid faked the slide like the quarterback was going to go down, but just oh, before Harkin? he hit, he propped up and he went for a touchdown. Did you, no, but I I know about that kid Hartman. Right. Well, he he was a quarterback. He, he faked the slide and then. Right before he hit, he popped up, and then everybody stopped, and then he took off. And we were saying today on our live show that they have to change that rule. Once you – you can't fake a slide. The defense can't do anything anyway, and then you fake it. I, I think agree they, with that, They yeah. have to change that. It's not fair. I think if you fake a slide – the joke I made was if you fake the slide, face masking is legal, hitting in the helmet's legal, and you get one late hit on that play. No, <laughs> that, that's not the reason it should change. The reason it should change is because we both agree. <laughs> well, there, you go. there you go. Now let me ask How you: What was that going to happen? Well, I, I listen. You, you say stuff that <laughs> cracks me up. I'm like, and I, I tell people all the time. First of all, these guys. I'm going to bash my own network now because that's what I do. They, okay. they're like, I walk I don't in. Care what happened? I don't you care don't, about your future. Yeah, you don't care about my future. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, first of all, did you ever see the movie Beer League? I was wondering if you ever saw me in that. No. I, I told Are you, you in there? Yeah, with Artie Lang. I'm friends with Artie Lang. I was like, what if Phil Mushroom oh. ever watch Beer League? It's a, it's a crazy uh, R-rated comedy that watch by yourself. Don't have any. Uh, don't have any. Yeah, uh, I understand. Uh, but it's it's R rated, but it's got Seymour Cassell and Artie Lang and Ralph Macchio. And How's you know, Artie doing? He, uh, he's doing all right. He's uh, he's just yeah. he's, he's sober. He's been sober now for three uh, years. He's, he's got some demons, huh? Yeah, he's just starting to get uh, his podcast going again. He just did about four or five of them, and um, he's making his way back. And I think 2022, you're going to see him pop up a little more. But he definitely has all demons, right. and he's working on it, and. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Hopefully, uh, he'll really turn it around. But he's sober, and that's the most important thing. Um, well, let me ask you this: What is first of all? I, I didn't really. Where? How did? When did you start writing? Like the beginning of your career? Did you? Did you fall into this TV media journalism? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I, I, first of all, I was hired at the Post as a copy boy out of this little college in Western Pennsylvania, and uh, I was twenty, and. Um, I, I don't know what the heck, you know, I had a vague notion that I wanted to be involved in newspapers because I was always reading newspapers and I wrote for the high school newspaper and I, you know, and I played a lot of sports and that's what, and, you know, just this vague notion after college. And then when I, 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 I broke in, I was 
surrounded by all these other copy boys. I was a copy boy, a, a gopher, right. 80 bucks a week. I was surrounded by all these copy boys. 80 bucks girls. a week, that's podcast money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use it for podcast. <laughs> no, um, we, and then they were all Columbia Journalism School graduates, and, and they were like very arrogant. They thought they'd just show up and, but I knew empirically, I, 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 I could sense you had to hustle. And these guys, I out-hustled them. So when it was time to get a, a clerkship in sports, I got that one, and I, was, I was, became essentially a copy boy in sports. And then the guy who covered soccer, this is how it happened. Uh, not that anyone cares, but you asked. Um, the guy who covered soccer, a guy named, uh, oh, jeez. Oh, he used to come right to me. I'm getting older. Uh... He died. Oh, Joe Marcus. His name was Joe Marcus. Okay. He died. And, and I jealous. The famous late sports editor said, who knows? Any? The Cosmos had just moved to Giant Stadium. With Pele. The Cosmos 77? He's in the mid-70s? Right. Uh, this was 1977. Right. And um, he says, who knows anything about soccer? And I, I lied. I raised my hand. I said, oh, I do. He says, all right, weekend, Saturday, there's a game out there. Now, there's 30,000 people there. And then I'm covering weekends. I'm not even putting in for expenses because I'm afraid. And I'm I'm just, like, filing stuff, writing, doing the best I can, not knowing whether I, I could write. And before I know it, the Cosmos, are, you got Pelé and, and Kinalia and Beckenbauer. And suddenly, uh, you know, there's 70,000 people in Giant Stadium. I'm on the road. I'm not. I'm not a clerk anymore. Wow. So uh, that's, that's that was. You, you know, I lied. <laughs> so so you so the great I'm a Phil fraud. the great I'm still a fraud. the great Phil Mushnick from the New York Post started out a as a complete fraud. I love that too because <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm, I've been self quarantined since 1982. <laughs> but that's when I got this column. That's when I got the TV call. Right. No, I just, I'm telling you, listeners out there, you go online, read, you know, uh, Phil Mushnick here, you just say stuff that is so, um, but you, I always think as much as, the reason why it's fun to read your article is because I I like agreeing with you, but I get, I actually get disappointed when you say something I agree with. I'm like, oh, I agree with that. I don't want to, I don't want to read that. Well, but when you, you say know, something like James, if you agree with me all the time, you risk losing health benefits. <laughs> so why would you? Why would you do that to yourself? Why imperil yourself? No, I, and I know you, you, you bash Rutgers a lot, which uh, you, you're not far no, from I, the I, I bash them. They've completely abandoned their, 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 their credibility as a school as far as I'm concerned. To, 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 you know what, though? Chase, I, uh, I, I, they I call it Big Ten Fever, and it's killing them. Wow. What are they? Two hundred and sixty. Now they, they, there's all these stories coming out that they they hit all these loans they've taken. Well, they took loans and counted it as um, um, revenue. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, you I know. Try so that. they got in a little trouble with that. But I listen. I, I love college football, and I I'm a Rutgers fan, and we can argue about. Um, I don't uh, want to argue. <laughs> he doesn't want to not argue. We can discuss. I argue. I argue in the paper all week. 
I like you. I mean, I, I seem to like you. The last thing I want to do is argue with you. No, I, you know what? I, first of all, uh, I think, we're not going to argue. And I can't get in an argument with Phil Mushnick because you know why? <laughs> I'm going to lose. Thank <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, so let me ask you. Give me, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, Phil Mushnick here from the New York Post. Give me three things. Oh, no. Give me like three things that aggravate you in baseball, football, and basketball. One each. Like, what annoys the hell out of you right now, currently in baseball? Baseball. That. The lockout? Uh, that no one, no one tries to put the ball in play. It, it's become a home run. So right. Or, or, or a strike at the game. So right. That, uh, for all the, these analytics, how do you explain all these strikeouts, how, the inability to put the ball in play? The, 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 the disinclination to write to hit the ball away from the shift. What you have to do is a couple of times you do that in the first couple of weeks of the game, no one's going to shift on you again. So right. So right on that. So it annoys my soul. Um, give, me one on, uh, give me one on NFL. That so many games in a billion-dollar industry are determined by misconduct. By me first. So right. Uh, Can't believe he's two for two. Me first con- misconduct that that is antithetical to any sport, but you see it over and over and over again, and it's 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 stunning. I, and I'm you gonna, wonder how any coach indulges that. I'm going to add. Why isn't why isn't from day one you are not to get a a, a, a foul for unsportsmanlike conduct? It's just not. In I, fact, I'm going to take everyone. Everyone, give me ten thousand dollars. I'll put it in escrow account. If you if you get an unsportsmanlike conduct, thing, you lose your ten grand. Right. I, if I, you if you if you don't get one, I can return fifteen grand to you. Right. I would love that. That annoys the heck out of me. I I also think I get it's annoyed. Stupid. At- it doesn't. And then and then the, the networks will will show that as if we all love it, but we don't all love it. They'll show that as as if this is the essence of the game. This is what makes football great. How about when, when you get it, makes, when you get an interception now and you just you catch it and drop right down, then you all run towards the end zone and celebrate. You just got an interception. You, you didn't score on it. Uh, that well, annoys the me. The Niners did that in the Super Bowl. They all took that that selfie. Then they went out and lost the rest of the game. That, it makes me. The other thing that annoys me is. You hear about these two-minute drives by great quarterbacks, Brady, Rodgers, and then when you watch the highlight, there was five pass interference calls. <laughs> like, that's what was the drive. Not so much Rodgers. He brings them back. My my uh, my, my producer here is a big Rodgers guy. But, okay, so uh, what about Roy, Roy Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Roy Rodgers. <laughs> he like, well, he'll eat a Roy Rodgers sandwich, too. And what about the NBA? Or is it just too much? We don't have time. Well, the NBA, is, it's not basketball anymore as far as I'm concerned. Because you can't play the, defense. The beauty of the game, the beauty of the game, the artistry of the game, the team the team play of the game, it's become a uh, a shooting gallery. It's a three-point game now. It, it, you know, it's 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 a, it's a sideshow and a carnival. Yep, I totally it's agree. Repetitive, it's repetitive. Minimal coaching, minimal defense, minimal offense. It does. You got to work. You, you know, you've got seven. You, uh, 
Chris Stapp's Porzingis is the first 7-3 point guard, shooting guard, in the history of basketball. <laughs> I know. And I was glad to see him go. He, never, he doesn't even get down. I think he's, he averages like two offensive rebounds. He's seven foot three. I know. If I was seven foot three, I'd be the best player in the NBA right now. Absolutely. Um, I would love to challenge these guys to a game of around the world or out. Uh, <laughs> I would beat him. Well, they beat they beat you at that, but they put on a pick and roll. <laughs> Oscar Robertson's you, you, probably like, you, you what has happened? Assists a game. Well, listen, I uh, listen. I can't. I, this was by far one of my favorite guests to have on. I love reading you. Please, everyone, read. Even though he probably thinks he's in the in the eighth or ninth inning of his writing career, um, I hope you do this show forever. I find it. Oh, I got oh, one question. I, I forgot a question to ask you. Go ahead, go ahead. How do you? Sometimes we, we, we do our Monday morning show, and we try to yeah. watch as many games we can, and we catch things on Red Zone. How do you? What's your process? In other words, do you have any? Do you record a lot of stuff? Do you have nine TVs going? Do you? Well, I've got to focus on the local stuff. What 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 the New York Post readerships uh, watching? So you, the Giant but, and Jets, but, but like beyond were... that, I, I I make a lot of it up. <laughs> I just make. <laughs> you do not get out of here. No, you're you're, you're I not. I focus a... on you Gi- know Giants, Jets, Knicks, Rangers. Giants, Jets. The other game. I mean, the national game. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And I and I turn it on. Ostensibly, because I'm a sports fan, although I'm less and less of a sports fan these days because I, I don't see much sport left in these sports. Right. But, uh, no, I just, you know, I, I naturally would would watch it. You don't record and, anything? Um, How do you know? I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, oh, I, TVR has become uh, very important to me. Right, okay. But so I, I, you... don't, I don't, believe it or not, I don't sit down with any preconceived I, I, I sit down as a sports fan, but within about 20 minutes, I, uh, I'm i jealous of those who get to use their mute button. Very envious. <laughs> uh, I love it. By the way, I'm not in the eighth or ninth inning of my career. What we call this now is uh, I'm, I am pre-deceased. <laughs> you can't. No, listen, I, 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 I think. The, the name of this podcast is going to be Phil Mushna Cannot Die because I have to read his article in the paper. Instead of reading these newspapers that just have AP articles that just cover the game, I want to hear what someone has to say. And I've been telling the guys who own this network, you got to read columnists because they give you ideas about what you can say on your show by expanding your sports. Well, that, oh, was my, uh, that was my gripe with Evan Roberts. The only time he uh, ever mentioned the newspaper was to like uh, ridicule and and, uh, and uh, diminish the guy by name. But other than that, all his information was taken out of a newspaper. Right, I love that. Well, so I, I use a lot when I when I read you. If I if I agree or disagree, sometimes I I say, "Oh, well, Phil said that." I mean, let me let me spin that my own way. But that's that's okay. I'm, I'm I. I will I never credit you. I'll never credit you. Just as a matter, of, you know, <laughs> I, I, I have questionable credibility anyway. Well, I think you have yeah. more readers than I have downloads. So anyway. Well, but you know, it doesn't. We, we both have credibility issues, and you know that's, that's important. <laughs> Jimmy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Well, listen, Phil Mushnick of the New York Post, please this check out. This was fun, Jimmy. I really yeah. enjoyed this. Hey. Uh, any, listen, and anytime something aggravates you, uh, 
Send me a I'll quick email, you, yes. and and I'll I'll say on the air. I, I do my show every Monday. You send me an email. Uh, if something's pissing you off, and I'll I'll just say, hey, you know what? I just got an email from Phil Mushnick, and I'll just kind of say what you wrote because uh, I instead love that. Instead of screaming show. out, instead of screaming out, JC, I'll scream out, Jimmy Palumbo. <laughs> Jimmy Palumbo yeah. getting involved here from the Omni. Do you remember Jim Ooh, Gordon I heard doing? More just then. You remember I just Jim? Heard more. That was pretty good. You remember Jim Gordon? This Jim Gordon yeah. alongside Dick Lynch. Football Giants are on the air. When he did hockey, he's remember how awful he was with the puck in front of the net when you were listening to him. He would just yeah, be yeah, screaming. Yeah. But I loved it because you know. I same. still like when he said 1958 left in the period. Oh, that's the best. That, they they Jared, dropped the puck two seconds earlier. I love it. And he does. Listen, the fact that you love, you know, Jim Gordon and, and Jerry Gerard, I could, we, we could, we could do a seven hour podcast. Phil Mushnick sure. of the New York Post. Thank you so much, man. All and right, I hope to me. talk thank to you, you soon, brother. my friend. Very good. You got it. All right. The great Phil Mushnick from the New York Post. I'm, I'm telling you guys, you guys gotta, you guys gotta, you gotta read this guy. Um, I, I know you guys aren't paper readers. I wish we could even get the. I think you guys should have the post delivered here. Find out how much it is. I think it's only twenty dollars a month. You guys will. T- their sports section is awesome. They have columnists. I think it'll be good for the network for you guys to read some of that. Or stuff. Or I could just go on the internet and type in Phil Mushnick articles and read them right on the internet. It's okay, beautiful. You, it's you free can, a month. I'm you, already paying. It's not free. It's not free. I'm, so, I'm already paying that. I'm already paying for the internet. So should, being uh, able to just you Google won't do something. It. You won't do it because you don't know. And what's also, you're right. I won't do it. <laughs> You fact. should read his articles. I think you'll like them now. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna forward them. Honestly, to you. I can't tell after listening to the interview whether I will like him or not. But that is that is the beauty of that type of writer. He's your Where kind I, of you, writer. You, he he basically wants me to not like him based on the style. Like if he's gonna shit, sit there and talk shit about an Aaron Rodgers, then obviously I'm gonna go at it. But. You know, anything that sparks debate and sparks controversy, I'm here for it. I think you guys will really enjoy it. I think he's... I do do know what what I'm naming it. What I love about Phil is you see how he is. I mean, you heard him. He's got opinions, and they're just great. And you can tell he's a nice guy. He just likes to bust balls. I know what I'm naming the podcast this week. It's going to just be Get Off My Lawn. Because listening to you guys agree on how much sports has changed for the worst and how... Uh, all the 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 NBA's a three point shootout, and what else were you saying about baseball? Or there was a lot of baseball, things that I completely disagreed with, but I, I understand where because you the, don't you didn't grow up when when the games were better. That's why he's part of my. I stink. feel like I feel like Phil Mushnick is part of my stinks posse. I feel I, like you know what is that another T shirt for Jimmy? I feel like I feel like Jimmy Palumbo. My generation, posse. my generation is the last generation that actually kind of got both sides of it. Okay, that's true. Not Dave; he's too young. Dave's only a couple of years, four years younger than me. <laughs> but honestly, was it four? I'm 36. Oh, two. So you're, I thought you were my youngest sister's age. You're actually Roxanne's age. But anyway, point being is um, you guys are the get off my lawn crew, and right. I don't really mesh well with that, that, but I do see the value in the argument. Right, but he has a whole thing online about getting off my lawns. You should read that too. But Phil Mushnick, again, thanks for coming on. That's it. Jimmy Palumbo, show number 39. Daryl Strawberry getting involved here from the Omni. And hopefully I'll see you next Monday, if not next Tuesday. Um, maybe we could do some kind of live thing from uh, um, from the set. Maybe I'll send a video or yeah, something Yeah, we'll like figure that. it out. You got it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Please subscribe. Also, please subscribe to my uh, Do You Remember That Guy 
uh, separate podcast. You have to maybe have to resubscribe. We're trying to set that up in a different. Just way. be on the lookout on the social medias for that because <laughs> to be able to explain it right now, it's, it's not going to do it. We're going to give you something to click on, and when you click on it, you hit subscribe, and then you'll That's be good it. from there. It's a, it's a fun show. We had a lot of fun recording that one today, and I will see you guys next week with a very special guest. Where have you come from? Where have you gone?